Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome, everyone, to the PJ's Cast. I'm your host, Pierce, alongside of my usual co-host, uh, Schmitty, but uh, we are now introducing our fourth member to the show, uh, Reagan. How's it going, Reagan? How do you feel to be part of the PJ's cast officially now, even though we won't add in an extra letter for your name? <laughs> I'm, I'm super excited. Like I've joined you guys before, and I was having like, such a fun time hanging out with you guys, so I'm super excited. This should be a lot of fun. Yeah, like... You're like our like our trade deadline acquisition for the podcast. You know, like last year we had it was uh, Schmitty was our trade deadline acquisition. It's like now this year we had Reagan. No, will there be anyone next year? I just want to find out. But uh, hashtag stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh, so what's what's the sim on that one? Would you say sim? Oh, I would say at least a sim seven. Ooh, yeah, that's 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 pretty close to. That's like the. The, the Richter scale, it's like, if you're getting up there, it's like, ooh, the rumblings are crazy. Um, so, in the most ironic way possible, cue Alanis Morissette, the Blackhawks lost to the Bruins with 17 seconds left in regulation. Man, I'm just so glad Boston finally got something to go their way. Oh my I gosh. Know. They've gone through so much peril in the last not six just, months. Yeah. Not having a team win a championship. Oh my gosh. Oh, I know. It's just, you, you really got to feel for Boston sports fan, you know? Like, it's just. Yeah. They finally got one, you know? They finally got one. So, so, something something that goes their way. You know, you've seen Tom Brady left. You know, like the Celtics haven't won in, what, 10, 15 years. You know, the, the Red Sox, they've only gone a few, like, they've gone, like, what, a few years. You know, it's. It's good that something finally goes their way. Like, it, it, <laughs> you, you really got to feel for that fan base there in Boston. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that was a heartbreaker, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, it was a dagger. Oh, man. They were just, like, uh, they were just a lot. Like, they got to stay out of the box against teams like that. That's yeah. just what it comes down to at the end of the day. And Boston capitalized on their power plays, which is unfortunate. But, I mean, Man, there were some questionable calls in that game, and it sounds oh, like the refing has not been good, like yeah. league wide. Like I don't know, like I like I just saw something about Gabriel Landeskog. Yeah. Like I didn't read the thing, but it's like in my eleven years of playing hockey in the NHL, I've never sat down and talked about the refs. And like, ooh, there's some. 
Yeah. And then Derek Drager's like, oh, we're going to talk about the refereeing and the, the blah, 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 meeting something, something rich people. But yeah, yeah. I get a Drager in their pocket. Let's relax now. Jeez. Like, oh, man. Yeah, the refereeing was uh, subpar tonight, to say the least. But at the same time, Hawks got their chances and couldn't capitalize on the power play. They did once with like two seconds. They did not lose the game because of bad penalties. They lost because oh. brain farts. Oh, just mental lapses, which is what this team has had all year. It's just like they'll have great stretches. And I, I feel like we were I was watching this game. I don't know about y'all, but at least well, it's kind of on and off. Like yeah. I wasn't fading full attention, but like I had it on in the background. Mm-hmm. But like with the Hawks, it's like when they get in those back and forth matchups where they're just going blow for blow, it seems. I'm like, yeah. That's only going to last so long. And I'm watching that first and second period. They're going to have a bad time. Yeah, it's like three on twos on three on twos, like crazy. And uh, I that just probably wasn't going to work out for the better. But, I mean, that's a good character building one, I'd say. Like, you yeah. can build off that for sure. Obviously, it's a heartbreaker. but mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I watched most of it. Like, I felt like overall they looked pretty good. But it was just. No, they definitely did not look horrible. But, like, yeah. you can tell they're. I've said this so many times. There's a threshold of the teams the Blackhawks can beat. They beat Anaheim. They even hang on a little bit against Tampa Bay. Like, they played super well in that first period against Tampa Bay, but mm-hmm. they're just, like, mental fart. Like, they take that they take that penalty. Mental fart. <laughs> they take that penalty against Tampa Bay, and then things just go south. They allow those three goals in 32 seconds. Like, other than that, they didn't play bad, but it's just, like, yeah. they have. When it rains, it pours. Like, Shmini, I believe you said this. It's, like, when they let in a goal, like, the – like you can just tell kind of their body language that like everything is going to go wrong and they're not going to come back from it. And I think that's still kind of a problem with this team, but you know what? It's at the point of the season where wins and losses really don't matter. Like as long as they're competing and like making it somewhat decent to watch, like I, I have no problem with that. Like, it sucks that they lost to Tampa Bay, but also the fact they got three goals on Andre Vasilevsky is kind of a miracle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that they got three goals on Boston, who's one of the best defensive teams, is kind of a miracle. It's just they're not that good of a team. And But you know what? They're, I, can't, I can't say that they're not battling. So. They're hanging um, in there, kind of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I like. I was going to say, it's not like 2018 where they're getting shelled 6-2 to two every night, so... Like, they're obviously competing, and um, one thing that's probably going to get slept on a lot because the goals you let up weren't as good as – or weren't the ones you probably like. But I think Kevin Lincoln had a pretty solid game. Yeah. After that first uh, goal, he kind of locked in pretty well. I'm not going to call power play goals against him, and then David Poster not wide open for a one-time. No. Gonna do. Twice, might I mind you. But um, I thought that was a really good bounce-back game for him because that game against Philly, he um, – That was I kind of thought that uh, Link, or, uh, King might have given Lincoln in the start against Ottawa on Saturday. That's what I was but, thinking. I, was, but, hey. I mean, I guess it tells you how much faith uh, King has in Lincoln because, I mean, he obviously had him in Rockford for a bit, and obviously he's had him now. But, like, when he starts Lincoln, and he's been against tough competition this year. He's played St. Louis a couple times. He's played Edmonton. He's played the played the tougher teams, and he's fared rather well, I'd say. Um, I just – I. I I guess I just like that they're giving them more consistent starts. And it's nice for Flurry too. He doesn't need to start yeah. the game. Um, Flurry, it's funny because today we saw a bunch of announcements of injuries. Jack Campbell, I think they said, was out at least two weeks with broken ribs. And then I think they said Leonard's out. I forget what it was, but like he, mm-hmm. like he might be out for a bit as well. And not just goaltending, but I think Samir Haskinen like has mono, and he's going to be out for a which that's that's a blow for 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 Dallas. And yeah. 
it seems like just like a lot of bombshells were dropped today in terms of like injuries and like just seeing like all the quotes that have come out like past these games and kind of going back to the referee. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the that Edmonton Washington game where I think Zach Hyman had an empty net and then Alex Ovechkin was like whacking at him, hooking him, and nothing's called. And then and I don't know if you saw this as well, but the Arizona Toronto game, I think it was Chicker and slashing Matthews again. Like I didn't really go into it, but like again, missed calls like the refereeing is just it feels like we, we can talk about the refereeing all that we want but nothing is going to change and there's my cat in the background Stevie <laughs> <laughs> agrees always yeah um always there for reassurance mm-hmm. um i yeah it I, I i feel like we're just beating the dead horse here when we talk about the refs because mm-hmm. yeah. it just kind of never changes um I guess, like, there's part of me that's, like, you just kind of have to deal with it and adapt. But at the same yeah. time, you shouldn't have to adapt to the way the game is called. Like, right. the rules should be the rules. Like, there's obviously, like, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate. But, like, there's part of me that's just, like, yeah, teams should, like, get around it. But at the same time, like, let's put it this way. If this is how they're going to start calling games, start trying to get away with shit. Like, I, I think I heard that mentioned in the Steve Dangle podcast. Yeah, Yo, you can slash me once, but hey, if I slash you five times, you can't call all of them. Seriously, like, if they're not going to call it, like, I, I'm pretty sure I saw Mert, like, they weren't calling a lot tonight. I will say that, but when they called mm-hmm. it, it was odd. Because, like, I saw at least three trips that Chicago pulled off that they You're like, got. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, okay. Like, I mean, just keep trying. <laughs> I just think they were definitely, like, I only watched the Hawks game tonight, so I didn't see, like, the other games. But just a lot of really weak calls or weird no calls on something that's like a blatantly obvious penalty. You're like, oh, that one got called, but yeah, it's like this one then. it's like they don't want to have it's like they have to have a makeup call, but then when like everything's normal, they don't want to like if they, once the penalties are even right. out, they don't want to call something. It's just like that weird part where I don't remember what exactly happened, but like there should have been a penalty on Boston, and then I think it was like Regula who got called, but then they just they were like, well, we'll just put Hall in the box for embellishment, and I was like. Okay, that's a yeah. little bizarre, but I don't know. It's like they're almost like making up for the missed call on Boston, like right before that. Oh yeah, it's just it, oh, it's just so inconsistent. Like, yeah, well, no, they're they're consistently bad. I would say <laughs> consistently inconsistent, which is yeah. the worst thing to be. Just like the Blackhawks. <laughs> Uh, enough about the Blackhawks. Let's let's laugh at the the Toronto Maple Leafs losing to the whether not Arizona Coyotes in overtime. That Jacob, the first Jacob Chickering goal is hilarious. Like that is actually playing Rocket League in the ballers, and it. <laughs> that is so, so true. Like that, so funny, and like I. I saw someone complaining because, like, they were like, "Oh, look at all the former Leafs and the Coyotes." And they're like, "Who's put your bets on who's going to score?" And someone's like, "I hate this gimmick because literally every team has former players that score on them." I'm oh, like, "Yeah, but when, like when all four goals have at least a Leaf or former Leaf involved, that's kind of tough." Like, wasn't the one goal uh, Galchenyuk from Kessel and uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who, was, who was the other? I think it was Richie or something. Like, it's literally just all former Leafs. I'm pretty sure it was Travis Boyd who also played with the Leafs. That's who it is. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's man. I love watching the Leafs lose. It is my favorite. It's my favorite pastime because Austin Matthews always gets a goal. So I win. <laughs> As a Matthews fan, I win. The agenda continues. Continues, to, lose, continues yeah. to score. And when the Hawks are good in three years, they'll sign him as a free agent. That's well, my I, I like your thinking there, lad. That's my um, <laughs> <laughs> and that'll keep Patrick Kane as well. And then giving him another run at the Leafs Stanley Cup. I like a genius thinking. Um, but. Done. 
Yeah, it's funny because Leafs fans were like, oh, Jack Campbell's out now? We got to solve our goaltending. Like, we got to go out and get a goalie now. I'm like, you had to get one before because, one, Jack Campbell has not been great. Um, Pierre Mrazek is just just awful. I remember when Steve Dangle came on our podcast, he said he is the Czech Mike Smith, and that will forever stay with me. And I find it so funny that he's on the lease. But, like, out of, like, all those goals he let in, he was out of position in all of them. The first, like, the Chikrin goal, he was out of the crease. Like, he, uh, Steve Dangle even said it himself. Like, he just cannot hang on to his post. He cannot stay in his net. Like, it's it's crazy. It's brutal. Like, they... I, I think it's funny how we're having the exact same conversation with the Leafs at the deadline again for the – I want to say the third straight year because the year of the pandemic they were worried about goaltending too and they got Campbell. Yep. Yeah, because so, – oh, Frederick Anderson is washed. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> no, I love how now they're like, oh, I can't stand that every goalie is just going to use that they're hurt as an excuse. And I was like, well, I don't know. Frederick Anderson's got like a 930 right now. I think he was hurt, but <laughs> let's just not get into that. Um I would love to see the Leafs just uh, – just please walk Jack Campbell right out of town so we can go to Chicago in the offseason. And we can have him and Lincoln, and, and we'll just be the happiest goalies ever. Oh, my gosh. Just all smiles and that. Or they'll just have flour, too. <laughs> yeah, why not? Have three goalies. Just have, like – Why, why not? Ever. Why not have just two backups on the on the on the, the like on the bench? Like, what is stopping the Blackhawks from doing that? Yeah, Flurry and that, and you just have like Lincoln and, and Campbell there for support. Why not do that? What is stopping the them? <laughs> or even better, why don't you have three of them on the ice and then just have two forward? Like, you know, like what? Let's, I was let's literally about to say that. I was like, let's put Campbell on one side, let's put Lincoln in on the other, and we'll just run fucking three forwards and one defenseman. Seth can play an extra ten minutes. We know he can. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> oh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna break his record in a regular season. He's gonna play sixty five minutes in sixty minutes. That's how much it's gonna be. It's playing. gonna math is going to be broken that night. Let me tell you. <laughs> Suck on that. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, analytics boys, <laughs> Mister Scientist. Where do your graphs say that, bud? <laughs> oh my gosh. By the way, side note about graphs. I love how now when oh Rashford's are still lining. Yeah, I love how every time Jeffers gets cooked, they're just like, "What are your expected bitches for 60? I'm like, "About time people start saying this to Jay Fresh." Like, man, always just butts his nose in every situation. It's like, well, actually, yeah, yeah. his analytics are pretty good, even though this guy is a known third pairing defenseman. Uh, you know, I kind of respect that. Just, just, just causing shit on the internet for the sake of it. You know, oh, I, it's I, hilarious. I Don't that. get me wrong, but like when people just clap back, it's just like he's always just having a fight for his life in the mentions. It's so funny. <laughs> I'm just like, my man, this is how you're struggling. <laughs> Yeah, analytics people fighting with people. No, that didn't happen. Oh, yeah. Don Lushishan didn't fight with Alan Walsh. Walsh. (laughs) Dude, I'm, like, taking a flight back to Chicago, and I'm, like, on my phone waiting at the gate, just like, what the fuck is Alan Walsh on? Like, he must have been on the Kirk 30 (laughs) from the night before. Like, this must have been a bender or some shit. Because he was just, like, he was still going at Dom when I got off the plane. That was a three-hour flight. <laughs> he was still going at it. Like, I get it. You go to bat for your clients, but holy crap. There's got to there's gotta be a limit. There's got to be a line, isn't there? There's a line of integrity, my guy. Jeez. Disrespect. <laughs> like, Not only that, like, the screen. <laughs> he's, 
this is it's literally like who trolls in a, in, a, in a Twitter argument? This you and he pulls up a tweet from seven years ago saying you were the whole well, elite. Not only that, it wasn't it's even burn. It was either yeah, his yeah, yeah. or some girl. Like <laughs> I'm gonna laugh if that was like it'd be really funny if that was like his niece or something, and she was like, she was like, Oh, here, throw this. But if that's his burner, that's even funnier. Oh my god, we gotta, get, we gotta get find a way to like get Adam Wilde to ask him that on Agent Provocateur. Oh Probably have to ask him off the record, but man, <laughs> funny. So, I kind of I want to talk about the Rasmus Ristolainen contract. And we again going back to being a dead horse, like that Seth Jones trade is awful, but it's nowhere, it's nowhere near as bad as that Rasmus Ristolainen trade. Philadelphia does not get enough shit for how awful that trade was. Dude, such a bad trade that they, such a bad trade that they had to double down to extend him, and now we're gonna ship Travis Sanheim out the door. Apparently. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, Kyle Davidson needs to be all over that. Okay. I'll take one Travis Sanheim to play with Seth Jones for the next five plus years. Thank you. I just don't get why, like you, I know they gave up so much for him, but why would you double down and give him term? And there has been no sign of improvement. I just don't get it. Oh, but sorry, he hits. And he elbowed that one. He elbowed Jonathan Taves on Saturday. So he must be really fucking good, apparently. Sorry. Have you seen that clip of Rasmus Ristolainen where I think the Sabres are just on a power play and he's just like all by himself at the right point? He just randomly trips over. (laughs) (laughs) That sums up his career. And uh, everyone's saying, well, Seth Jones makes almost, is going to be making almost $10 million until 2030 for each year. Well, here's the thing. Seth Jones can actually play the position he plays at. Uh, Rasmus Ristolainen c- cannot. Like, even switching teams. Oh, he, well, he was just playing in Buffalo. That was, that was, that was a bad situation. Mm, going to Philadelphia. Not that they're an amazing team, but they're not Buffalo. And it doesn't quite work out. I just think it's hilarious when they show the analytics of Travis Sanheim with Ristolainen and away from Ristolainen. He's like, <laughs> night and day. Day and night, yeah. <laughs> it's what, crazy. What? Oh man, this Philly's a tire fire, man. No, they're 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 not gonna. You know what? You want to know why? It's 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 Chuck Fletcher. It's always Chuck Fletcher, man. Dude, and just the, like take away his wallet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Earlier in the group chat, Jimmy's like, uh, <laughs> Chuck Fletcher should not be allowed to have a phone right now. And I'm like, you could just take out, uh, not have a phone, and it, it would just be Chuck Fletcher's not allowed. He yeah, not be able to do anything. Hundred percent. Like he he caught like. He didn't cause that lockup, but like he, he like definitely pissed on the grave of it. It's like, oh, we we don't have enough money, but let's sign uh, uh, them to thirteen years for what is it, ninety eight million? Like basically two Connor McDavid's, and then buy them out like a little over halfway through. And the third GM comes in. Yeah, I feel like it's weird. I feel like Philly is one of those teams where it's either they're really really good or they absolutely suck, and there's no in between. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. There's no in between. There's no like, oh, they're okay. They could be better, but they could be worse. Either they're they're really good or they suck. And oh yeah, or they do both in one year, like that one year where they lost ten straight and won ten straight in one year. Yeah, like <laughs> just they make no sense. How have they lost ten ten in a row twice this year or something? Or I think they have. Like it's crazy. I saw the. I want to say it's the Flyers, but I guess I could be wrong. There's like one team and that it's like. They make the playoffs one year, and then the next year they miss it. And then the year after they make it again. Oh, think, that's Philadelphia. I, was saying, I think it's Philly, but I can't remember. And I don't remember if they made the playoffs last year, if I'm being honest. No, no they didn't. They, they were not. Really that's why everyone was like, this is the year they'll make it. Absolutely yeah. not. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> it sucks like that pattern is kind of fun to watch because they never make it far anyways, but it's like I kind of want to see them make it just to continue the pattern, but I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, no. <laughs> nah, they... And it sucks for Philly, too, because, like, they had... Like, I think we talked about it before on the show. They just had so many injuries that are just backbreakers. Like, you yeah, can't right lose Sean Couturier and Ryan yeah. Ellis. You mm-hmm. can't. Like, you can't expect to be consistent. Joel Farabee's missed a good amount of time, too. That's, like, one of their best scores, in my, and I would, I would argue. Um, it... You just can't live when your top guys are out. As simple right. as that. It's unfortunate. Pittsburgh says otherwise, but uh, you well, know. you know, Mike Sullivan, <laughs> Mike Sullivan, this, Mike Sullivan, that. All right, man should man should have like, see, have a Jack Adams. Like he should have a Jack Adams by now. Uh, he's definitely been nominated. I don't know if he's one, but hey, uh, John John Tortorella has two, I think. So no, you know who has one? Bob Hartley. Like, but, <laughs> come on. That's right. Like, Patrick, hey, Patrick Waugh has one, too. I'm, like, the Jack Adams is such a pointless award. Like, oh, it's the, oh you're, it's your team overachieved this year. They're better than yeah. I thought. Or what, did the, what, what was it called before? Like, who's going to get fired in three years? <laughs> or whatever. Hey, you want to know who won the, the, the Jack Adams? Do you remember who Paul McLean is in Ottawa? Like, he had like he this. Did. He had like the sick mustache and the glasses. Yeah, he won, and I think he got fired like two years later. And that was when I, I think uh, I forget who took over for Ottawa, but then they had that hamburger one. I'm pretty sure he was fired that year. Oh my god, it's, like, it's literally like uh, like the Madden curse for the NFL. This is the Jack Adams curse. You know what? I want to look it up. Let's look at the past few winners of the Jack Adams Award. I know Trotz has won it, so he might be on thin ice this year, which would be hilarious. Well, hey, that explains why the Islanders are in the playoffs. Hey, I mean, he's going to come to the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, yes. <laughs> and he's going to make uh, – oh, Kirby Dawkins are the best cases he can, he can possibly be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of just like a defense. He's going to make Eric Gustafson into uh, – I don't know. Just Eric Gustafson again. Yeah. I love that, oh, yeah. like, um, speaking of Gustafson, I think Ben Pope was posting, like, what hypothetically the Hawks could get for each prospect. And then he was like, Gustafson, literally anything if anyone wants to take it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, the, didn't the Habs trade, like, a conditional seventh for him last year? <laughs> he scored in the conference final. That's so true. Must be good. <laughs> and, he, hey, and he beat the Leafs en route to the cup final. Do you remember the first year that we had Gus? And, like, he had that, like, one good season, and everyone was, like, so optimistic. And then the next season came around, and we're like, what were we thinking? No, buddy, I wish I kept him. He's going to get 60 points again. I feel like we were all banging on the table at that deadline. Like, I get the Hawks were on a heater, but we were all just like, you could get so much for Gustafson right now. You yeah. could get a first and a I, I know. I was convinced they could have got a first for him. You could have. I'm, I'm almost positive Winnipeg would have pounced on him because they needed a power play quarterback at the time. Yeah. Like, oh, they, they missed it. They golden opportunity to get a first. But then third round pick at the, the next date. See, see, unlike Ken Holland, where you pick and choose the years to buy, Stan Bowman pick and cho- picks and chooses his years to sell. It's a big difference because yeah. you know when he he waits too late and then gets nothing. So hopefully Kyle Davidson doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to go through. Obviously it. optimistic with Davidson, but again, cautiously because I really don't know what to expect at this point. Oh, yeah. These next 10 or 11 days or so are going to be ultimately telling. 
By the way, they are gassing up Sam Lafferty on the broadcast every single night. They're like, what a find by Davidson. I'm like, yes, because Sam Lafferty. Oh, yes, another. Like, Sam Lafferty is fine. I like, like, he's got nice hustle, but you just have so many players like that. This was Sam Lafferty. But he's just fast. That's pretty much it. Like honestly, I have for <laughs> him until like they mentioned him on the broadcast. He's on the ice. And I'm like, oh right, we have Lafferty now. That's a thing. I mean, the best laugh in the league. But uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Major, major laugh at that one. <laughs> just like Toronto. <laughs> the maple laughs. Anyways, I want to go through the uh, the the Jack Adams winner of the past little bit. So, oh five, oh six, Lindy Ruff won them with the Buffalo Sabers. Oh six, oh seven, still Elaine... has a job in the NHL. Yeah, still has a job. Oh six, oh seven, Elaine Vigneault, who by the way got fired by Philadelphia this year, won with Vancouver. Had a job this year, by the yep. way. Oh seven, oh eight, just got a job this year. Bruce Boudreaux won with Stop. the Washington Capitals. Bruce, there it is, baby. Oh eight, oh nine. Team Canada head coach Claude Julian. And hmm. Je- Gee, I wonder what happened to that chest. No, and no, and noted Jer- better that uh, Jeremy Carlton better than Claude Julian. You know. <laughs> 09 2010, Dave Tippett with the Phoenix Coyotes. Then the Phoenix Coyotes. That's how long ago it was. No it was way. not Arizona. Wait, Dave Tippett won in 2010. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> I'm so yeah. like, I, like I, I agree, Reagan. Like, my mind is blown. Like, what, what did the Coyotes team do that year? They get, like, 40 wins and everyone was shot? The fuck? I, I, I don't know what they did. Because it wasn't 2012, that's for sure. No. <laughs> Not the Mike Smith. Just... We, we, we would know that one, yeah. I can't remember the last time the Coyotes were good. Whether they were in Phoenix or not, like I can't remember when they were. <laughs> when they beat the Blackhawks in 2012. <laughs> the only the only time I can think of them doing anything was 2020 because the – the play in bubble, like when they uh, beat Nashville, no, was which was Nick Schmaltz. All right, that, that's right. Nick Wayne Gretzky Schmaltz. All right, get it right. Yeah, Mister right. Seven Mark... points in a game, Schmaltz. The most by uh, uh, Arizona Coyote slash Winnipeg Jet in franchise history. Yeah, take that, Jeremy Roenick. <laughs> Anyways, to continue, 2010-11, Dan Belsma with the Pittsburgh Penguins. 2011-2012, Ken Hitchcock with the St. Louis Blues. Now, this year, here's here's where it gets funny. This is the three-year stretch of the coaches at one. 2012-2013, Paul McClain, Ottawa Senators. 2013-2014, Patrick Waugh with the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, then 2014-2015, Bob Hartley with the Calgary Flames. Fucking Bob Hartley. That 2014-15 <laughs> Flames team is a fever dream. That had top-line Yuri Hoodler with rookie Johnny Gaudreau and I think rookie Sean Monaghan. Yeah. Or second-year Sean Monaghan. Mm-hmm. Like young young fellow Sean Ma- Monaghan, and now he's playing on like the fourth line. Matt Sajan was still on that team. Like, the heck? <laughs> Did he get like a hat trick in one of those playoff games? I feel like six against like, the Canucks. That is, that is, that I can't believe I remember that. That was seven Beaver years ago. <laughs> that whole playoff is like they got a Vancouver Calgary round one with Tortorella and Bob Hartley as the coaches. <laughs> what was it? Tortorella was he still there or did he get? Are you sure Torts was there in twenty fifteen? I thought he was. If he's not, then it was someone that I, I can't even. It wasn't Travis Green, that's for sure. No, I think Montreal, Ottawa was another playoff series. Like I think there was five Canadian teams that made it because Winnipeg got swept by Anaheim. Yeah. That's, oh yeah. No, there were five. You're right. Winnipeg had that was a tough one too because they had. A, I think they had two overtime losses in that one. Yeah, there. I think like 
they blew a lot of third periods. I remember that. And how I remember this, I I, I don't know. I don't. Because it's the year the Hawks won the cup. It was that, the that, that's true. That's, that's my true. favorite cup run still. Like, I don't care. That's that was the like, exact one on like, the Hawks almost lost to Anaheim in the conference final. Because mm-hmm. I remember both the East and the West went to game sevens. Yep. And so, like, we were following the pattern of, like, every other day. So the Hawks should have played on, like, a Friday game seven. But because both series were at game sevens, they pushed them both back. So then the Hawks game was Saturday. And I had a wedding that night that I had to oh, go to. How fun. I was like sitting at like the um receptors, like checking my phone, like refreshing Twitter every like <laughs> oh my god. But I missed that game. It was so sad because the Hawks won that game to go to the back to the finals. I was like, okay, whatever. I'm At least sure. it wasn't like it was close. So like you probably checked your phone and you were like, oh shit, four nothing. All right, we're fine. <laughs> yeah. I was so bummed that I was gonna miss it. I was like trying to like refresh like as often as I could. Oh yeah. I, I actually I was gonna say I actually remember that day because I was gonna go hang out at a friend's house and like stay the night. And I remember I'm like, not now, I'm not I'm not I'm gonna watch this game. And then right. I think it was I think it was two nothing after the first and they made it four nothing early second. I'm like, okay, it's really it's really good to go now. And then I remember my <laughs> phone died. I'm like, I, I know Chicago's got this, but like I gotta know who won. And I remember I was like walking with my friend to his house to grab something, and then some guy came out of his house and yelled, he's like, Chicago's going back to the fucking final. Woo! And I'm like, oh my god, that's so awesome. Yeah, because it's like the wedding I was at was like my my like childhood babysitter, like one of her sons was getting married, and we were invited for some reason, which is like weird, just because I hadn't seen her in forever because I was like 15. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like it was like just like my family, like we're just like all like just, like out in a different room, like celebrating together. Like, we're going back to the finals, guys! Like let's go, because like nobody else watched hockey, which is kind of fun. Just like what's that? Yeah, just a little like core memory, I guess, like of me and my family, but oh, good yeah. times. For sure. That that run was just so great because they were such a like I think that's the only time the Hawks were ever an underdog in their cup run. Because I'm three out of four series they were predicted to lose. Like I can't I can't I can recall to a T everyone on NHL network saying we were gonna lose to Minnesota in round two. Mm-hmm. Oh Devin Dubik's got their number. Brandon saw it right made it forty five and just gets it one nothing in game one. I'm like, ah yes. It was the, Run two where like the first game of the playoffs, we went down three nothing against Nashville in like the first period. Oh, I was and then Crawford got pulled, but it's yeah. got darling, and I was like, this cannot be happening right now. The amount of sleep <laughs> I lost my junior year of high school because of the Blackhawks multiple like oh, I had crazy, like yeah. I had like ACTs and SATs and stuff, and I was up till like two in the morning watching these games. Yeah. Oh man. I remember like, too. This makes it kind of funny. It was game one, and my cat died that night. Oh, oh <laughs> that, that sucks. <laughs> it happened overnight. So it was like after we went to bed. Funny as you like, say that, my cat. Like, <laughs> Stevie's like, cat? She's like, I will not die. I am immortal. Like, I just became like an ongoing joke in my family that like the stress of that triple overtime game is what killed the cat, which he was like 18. So he was really old anyways. Oh, but it just kind of became the joke. Like, he just couldn't handle the stress of the Blackhawks game. And he was just like, nope, I'm out. Me Bye. Too. Me too, kitty. Yeah, me too. I got my wisdom teeth pulled in game three of the Lightning Cup <laughs> final. So like I came out of like a six-hour nap. And I was just like, I got to watch this. So I'm like on painkillers watching. And I just remember – I think that's the game Ryan Callahan came up the ice. Oh, he just fucking sniped one, yeah. I was just like, okay. (laughs) And then freaking Cedric Paquette. (laughs) Hey, guys, one of my friends got murdered the day the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. No. 
<laughs> just like trying to one up each other with just oh my like, god yeah you know what uh, 9-11 actually happened and when the hawks won the 2015 oh my god you know they bombed they bombed pearl harbor on that day too jesus <laughs> you know real patriotism but um enough about that <laughs> let's get back to the, jack about the glory adams days winners. not about yeah. the glory days <laughs> let's get back to the jack adam winner so 2016-17, John Twitter run with Columbus. This <laughs> this last four, this like four year run of coaches is actually not bad because 2017-18, Gerard Gallant won. Blah blah blah. 2018, yeah, but that's because teams hate Gerard Gallant for whatever. Um, 2018-19, Barry Trotz won again, and then 2019-20, Bruce Cassidy won, and then 2020-21, brought Brendan Moore won, brought the bud. So. so 2023, Bruce Cassidy will be the Hawks coach. Gotcha. Oh, hell yeah. That's <laughs> what I like to hear, brother. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, at least the Jack Adams winners aren't getting fired lately. That's nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's nice that they're actually picking, like, good coaches. Good coaches? Yeah. John, Co- You said John Cooper, right? I don't think John Cooper's won one. I, I would have thought he won one for the 61 season, honestly. Yeah, I did too. Was that Trotz that year? Yeah, no, that was Trotz because he rev- like he yeah. That was without Tavares. I remember that. That was a huge like. I think their leading point getter was like Josh Bailey or, or Barcelona with like sixty points. Like I don't or know. Or like Brock Nelson or something. Yeah, crazy. What could have been Bla- Blackhawk Brock Nelson too? Blackhawk draft pick Brock Nelson. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure they they they. I think they traded one of the picks that they had for Brock Nelson. They traded back and got Kevin Hayes. I'm pretty sure that's how And then play. he didn't sign because, you know, yeah. who would ever want to be a center next to Patrick Kane? I'm Yo, like, why would you ever want to play? the Rangers and not win anything. <laughs> what a I, I like, Kevin God bless Kevin Hayes. I'm glad he's got a contract in Philadelphia. And, you know, he's had a, a, a solid NHL career. But, man, like, you – I, I don't know how you turned out that. I still that's like one of the things that puzzled me the most. Like, how do you turn that uh, that opportunity to? They won the cup that year. Like, what other team would have given you better chance? You get that's the, the craziest part. They won the cup, but he still didn't want to go. He's like, I got a better opportunity in New York. Like, and like whatever. at least he got fair, money. That's all. And like, in all fairness, they didn't make it to the conference final that year. It would have been so funny if Chicago beat New York in the cup final I in thought 2015. That was be a cup final that year, honestly, in 2015. Yeah, 2015, I thought the Rangers were going to make it. I mean, shit, they were a game away. But, yeah. um, yeah, that Rangers Lightning series was crazy in 2015. Yeah. Listen, oh, that, I was was on, that was on crack. I was kind of thinking Tampa would have was going to go, but then when New York forced a game seven, I was like, are, did they force a game seven? I don't remember yeah. if they forced it or if they, no, like. No, they did, because Tampa won game five, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they won back to back games in the garden, I think. Uh, I think that was the first time Henrik Lundqvist ever lost a game seven at home. Like his game seven yeah, record Andre was ridiculous. Yeah, that's right. And I think I'm tr- and Alex Cologne. Cologne. Yeah, Cologne scored too, who scored a sick ass goal in game one against Chicago as well. And like I lived in Tampa for that cup, so I just I remember all the Tampa fans losing their minds. I was like, you guys didn't watch hockey two years ago. <laughs> didn't you didn't you watch uh, game seven Washington Tampa two live? Hmm? Didn't you game seven Washington Tampa? Didn't you see? Oh yeah, no, I was at the game. Yeah, I was like, I my cousin, I just remember screaming, "Oh, patch gets open!" Clap from a minute in, crushed the dude like three minutes in. It's actually funny because now that I think about that, you said that, Jimmy. My freshman year of high school for my marching band, we went to we were going to the Outback Bowl because they had like a mass fan thing, which that's in Tampa. So we went to like a Disney trip and we did that in Tampa. And I remember going to a mall just to eat at the food court because they didn't know what to do with us for dinner. 
Let's go to the food court. Hey, kids, go to the food court. Buy some of that <laughs> McDonald's <laughs> things. That. That I just remember, cool. like, everywhere there was, like, le- the elevators had, like, uh, Bishop was the goalie in Bishop, uh, bish, please. That's it's literally the amount of like friends I had in high school that had those shirts. Like, oh my god. Yeah. I had a friend who was a big Slater Cuckoo fan. He was a prospect. Like, <laughs> he goes cuckoo for cuckoo. <laughs> that was his fantasy day, bro. <laughs> I completely forgot he even played for Tampa. First round pick. Wow. Yeah, a top ten pick. No way. Yeah. Wow. Ahead of of. Uh, it's like, ah, Tampa drafted Slater Cuckoo, but then you look at their other first round pick. Oh, just that on. Did they draft Tony D'Angelo too? Uh, I think that was a different draft. Well, like I'm saying, just in general. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Even even the the greats have brain farts. Steve Eiserman. <laughs> Did you guys see Steve Eiserman's reaction when Coyotes are winning nine to two? <laughs> the ju- the juggernaut ki- Coyotes now, I guess, because what the eight to five game against Ottawa, the nine to two against Detroit, and then. Uh, they just beat the Leafs in overtime. Dare I say it's the Nick Ritchie effect? <laughs> hey, 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 it's it's the Nick effect. Nick Schmoltz and Nick Ritchie. I love me some Nick Schmoltz, man. I'm so glad the rest of the hockey world is realizing that this guy's pretty good at hockey. <laughs> oh, man. And it's great, too, because Strom's doing great. So it's yeah, not it's like, not like oh, we have Strom. No, like, Strom's Strom's fucking fantastic yeah. right now. That's not the problem. I think he got another assist tonight. I, I, I think he got an assist on the Yeah, hand. he did on the, okay. the, the, the Hagel power play goal. So, like, all, that whole line's on five-game point streaks. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. The Brinkets? It's going to it's gonna be close. To get sneaking around to 50. We got around there. He's got his, got his uh, foot under the door. Sure. <laughs> he's he's, I think he's going to break his career high. His career high is 41, but... I, if he gets 50, it's, it's hilarious. We don't know yet. We're going to have to watch the games and see. And I saw something that um I think Kane's on his – or at least point total-wise, like he's on pace for like his third highest ever. And then assist-wise, it might it's like his second highest probably. He's on pace for like 64 assists right now. It's pretty great. Wait, I'm stupid. Who? Uh, you know that one guy who had like six points last game. Oh, Ken. Okay. Five primary <laughs> points. I don't. I don't know that, that 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 guy who like probably the Blackhawks shouldn't trade because they. Sorry, I was like, I saw I saw a tweet on my phone. And I'm like, I completely tuned out. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. And I was like assuming, oh, it's probably a good player. And then I'm like, oh, that, yeah, that just that just that little chestnut. By the way, I just like to make a point real quick. I know I I know I compare sports a lot on this show, but I I really hit down the table about like you're not going to win a Patrick Kane trade and stuff, and I don't think the trade's there. I feel like it's not the same sport, but the Khalil Matt trade is a perfect comparison because you don't win that trade, you're not going to get as much as you think you're going to get. So keep him and let him help you develop your young talent. Exactly. Like, holy crap! I I. The Matt trade just pisses me off a wall in so many different ways. But, like, that's how I look at it if they trade Kane. I don't think they're going to get this. Because if you ask any Bears fan when they traded Khalil Mack, right, they would say, oh, we're going to get a first. Yep. That's not what the market had. And and you ask people what you get for Kane, you would think, oh, first in a blue chip. It's probably not what the market has. That's just that's just what I think when you think about trading these big stars. You have to really take into account what you're getting as a package. Sorry for the tangent. Uh, as a as you guys being the football expert, what would be a good NHL comparable trade for what the Cleo Mac trade? 
I literally yeah, said it's like trading Kane for a late first and a low prospect. That's the best way I can put it. Because mm-hmm. on it, seconds are rate, rated way higher in the NFL than they are in the NHL. Yeah. So yeah. it's like their draft draft picks are just like they're a lot more valuable because you can hit on a fourth round pick as easy as you can hit on a first round pick. Mm. Um, which is the best part about the NFL. You just never know. So, so like a second round pick would be equivalent to like a late teens. Yeah, pick like a late, probably. like a, like a playoff yeah. teams first. I'd say mm-hmm. that's the way mm-hmm. I look at it. Because like you could like first round picks like depending on how deep the draft class is, it could really just be a really good pick no matter what. But they got like a mid second round pick, so you, I'd say that's like late first, early second in an NHL. Gotcha. But that's not enough for right. the impact that guys made and the legacy he's had on the city in only four years. Like, this is the second time I've seen the Bears waste a pass rusher in their prime in a decade. Because they did this with Julius Peppers. Like, I know, Reagan, you remember this. They did, mm-hmm. they did this with Peppers in 2011, 2012, 2013 and stuff. Like, it's it sucks. And I and I want to point fingers at everyone. And that's how I would feel if they trade Patrick King. You're just going to be in a never-ending rebuild, and it's just you're leaving it up to the Magic Beats. I'd rather keep the commodity – that you know is a point of game no matter what you do, and then you can work around that and rebuild around that. And that's just I, that's just my thoughts. And you you got obviously got to do your due diligence if someone does oh, go crazy and like especially in the off season if someone asks you to retain half his contract and you're like right near the draft here I'll give you the top ten pick like a top six yeah. player back and then a a good like a very good prospect then you take it but at the same time like Patrick Kane could still like he just the the way he plays the game like he how many and like knock on wood how many how many yeah like how many injuries has he had or like has he like he hasn't had any nagging injury like since the clavicle he's missed I think like 10 games total in five years I think no that's in seven years he's missed about 10 games total yeah, it's been a minute since he broke his collarbone. Mm-hmm. That was 2015. Yeah, because didn't he come back like right at the start of the playoffs? Yeah, it was there for game one. <laughs> they were like, oh, he'll be back at the conference final. Game one, Patrick Kane's dress. Wasn't it? Right. They might be, he might, they might, the Blackhawks might mm-hmm. be lucky to get him like at the end of the conference final. That's what they were saying. The the That's just like, oh, Patrick Kane is ready for game one. Yeah. Jeez. Like, and, and not like a game time decision. Like, I'm pretty sure they announced it like a day or two before. Mm hmm. Man, and, and like I, I just feel like the, he's such an irreplaceable player in terms of a yeah. franchise. And one thing that doesn't get taken into account enough is if you take Patrick Kane away, you might as well take fifteen goals away from Alex Debrinket because he's a hell of a goal scorer. But Kane oh, just Debrinket's goal tonight, which first of all was a very pretty goal. But he four on one, especially Boston as well, teams. But it was a beautiful pass from Kane right to Debrinket. Nothing Swayman could have done on that. Easy. Beautiful. But, like, Kane's not there. Debrinket doesn't have that goal. Mm-hmm. 100%. And kind of going back to the analytics debate with Patrick Kane, like, he'll – like, the Blackhawks would be – could be getting killed. Like, they could allow, like, 10 shots in one shift. And, like, you look at – you would look at Kane's, like, stats. Like, ah, oh, he was on the ice for 10 shots against. But then he'll come up the ice and score just the most magic goal. But it's like, oh, yeah. but his, his analytics suck. But, like – Hey man, like he score goals, he makes beautiful pad. Like, and I feel like we've made this talk before with analytics. I I really think that analytics should be more used for defensemen, as, mainly defensemen. I feel like for defensemen, analytics are kind of on the nose. Like they're pretty accurate, but with forwards, at least with wingers, I don't feel like it tells the whole story. Because another person that does the same thing that Kane does is Kucherov. Like yep. everything Kucherov does with the puck, they don't really show on the analytics. 
And that, no, because they weigh so heavily in the defense, and wingers don't really play defense unless right. you're. And when you're that good, you don't have to. Yeah, unless That's you're like Mark Stone and Mariano so past. Like I'm sorry, I'd rather have Kane on a 95 point pace than him on a 60 point pace playing defense. Like and that's, that, that's, that's what you, that's, that's what you want of your centerman. Like that's what you got from Jonathan Taves when the running. That's hoping what you could get out of Kirby Doc. He's looked very good with Taves on the wing. I I love that line with him. Hey, got an assist tonight. That can we talk about that first goal from Hagel real quick? Oh baby, that was nice. That little slick move to the backhand wraparound. Oh, that was nice. It was very very pretty goal. I, I was like I was like talking. I was like talking to my buddy. I was like, yeah, that's probably the best goal of his career so far. Probably get some better ones, but that that was slick. He made it look so easy. Like I and <laughs> hey, you know what we talk about it. They gotta rock your socks. Like what we what do we always say about these Hawks players? They get traded. The trade has to rock your socks off. Hagel's value is just going all the way up. Like oh man, give me that. Give me that Matthew Nyes. Matthew Robertson, two first round picks. Let's go. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, God. What was I going to say? I don't remember now. <laughs> um, I, I saw this thing with Patrick Kane and Brandon Hagel. They said, oh, let's have a bet. Who gets 20 goals first? Brandon Hagel got there first. Yep. And he got it on nice goal, too. I think Brandon Hagel's just like the kind of player you need on a team like this. Someone yeah. who's going to actually give a shit every night. And I feel like mm-hmm. we can't say that enough because the national audience, I don't feel like, has realized that yet. I feel like the some mainstream media. Oh, yeah. I feel like now Boston's, Boston fans are going to be like, hey, we need that Hagel guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hate it because he would fit in perfectly in Boston. Oh, my God. Hagel with like Bergeron and Marshan? Come no, on. No, are you kidding me? Hagel would fit in good on any team. That's how good he is. You can, like we said this. You can go on Tampa? Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's severely underrated, not going to lie. Oh, he is. No one knows how good he is. Chicago appreciates him to no end because we see him every game. So we know how good he is. But the rest of the league, like, just he's so, like, under um, – I just forgot the word. He's underappreciated. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, he's our own little secret. Nobody knows about him. And my favorite's the people who don't watch it and they'll just look at his analytics sheet and be like, well, you know, the analytics aren't that great. I'm like, one, he's on a bad team and his analytics are actually pretty good for a bad team. Two yeah. – yeah, the shooting percentage is a little high, but like, that shooting percentage has been pretty consistent this year, for being honest. Mm-hmm. And he's missed time too, and he's already got twenty goals. Like he's doubled his goal total from last year in less right. games. That's just tremendous. He's for fifty points, man. It's awesome. Like you can't get rid of the guy unless you get something good. Honestly, yeah. It, it's kind of how I feel with the Canucks and with JT Miller in a way. Like, obviously not in the same tier because JT Miller's having a career season right now. Right. But, like, unless the Canucks get something that rocks their socks off, why would you trade? Blows their sock up. Something you can set your watch yeah, to. Yeah, like, unless you're getting, like, New Hook and Byron from Colorado, why would I trade JT Miller? That is literally anything, I think. Like, elite player going to Colorado. Oh, Byron and New Hook. Give me, give me Alex New Hook. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's... He is so much fun to watch. And, like, apparently, like, everyone's, like, questionable on Byron now because of the concussion history and stuff. Oh, uh, and now in Freeman's 32 Thoughts, he said that, like, there might have been a – like, there was a rumor floating around that he might want a new start, but that was shot down, so. Man. I hope he figures it out because I know he's had a tough time and, like, he's, he's had concussion issues. And he's, like, a – yeah, he's a fucking good hockey player. Like, the Blackhawks easily could have drafted him at three. And what – 
Even though he's on Colorado, I hope he I hope he figures it out. Because even when he does play, like he's really good. Oh yeah, you can see the talents there. Like there's not a question. And I I, I don't know if I, I don't I don't know if I watched enough like uh, abs games, but I feel like he and Eric Johnson actually have surprisingly good chemistry. So that's actually that really helps with the depth in Colorado because you got you know Tate McCarr, which is just nuts. That's that that should that should have been not better. That should have been one how many times have you said it, Pierce? They got Devontae's for two seconds. That's not okay. That trade does not get enough shit for no. what Lou Amorello did. Again, everyone, with... everyone's saying Seth Jones shit trade. I'm like, okay, just yeah, so but there's so many other trades that aren't. Dennis Morgan for Mason Marchman. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Point for game Mason Marchman and Dennis Morgan playing in like Switzerland or something. No, he's playing in the AHL. Oh, is he? I did not know that. (laughs) Misinformation. Yeah. What do do I always say? Misinformation unless it revolves around spreading my agenda. Come on. (laughs) It's got to fit my narrative. Come on now. Also, I just think it's hilarious that the entire Eastern Conference is set now. Oh, yeah. There's no way Washington or Boston falls out. There's just no way. It's... I, the I don't West think we've is, ever seen a, like a conference set this early. It's no. kind of crazy. And the Western, the Western conference is so wide open. Literally the wild, wild West once again. Like I don't like. Remember when people last year were like, "Oh, the West sucks." I'm like, "Okay, the West doesn't suck. It's just really competitive. There's a difference." Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's more like not like it's the the Eastern Conference is top. I, I think it is better, but it's also top. Extremely heavy. top heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the West is like, it's kind of more spread out a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But also not as good. Like, there's, who's, like, the worst team is obviously Arizona in the West, but like, besides that, like, the next worst is like us. No, it's Seattle than us, but like, like, I think, I think, like, other than Arizona, Seattle, and us, like, it, like, there's like five teams in the East. Yeah, teams that can make it. Yeah. So. Like the only thing I can think that's set in the West is like the top spots, and that's Calgary in the Pacific. Like I think they're probably gonna take that, and then Colorado mm-hmm. in the Central. But like other than that, like it's interchangeable. Wide open, mm-hmm. which makes the trade deadline so intriguing. Because I mean, like I I think we talked about it before. Like some teams have to make moves just to get cap spaces in a couple. Of years. Vegas, <laughs> Vegas. <doesn't laughs> yeah, and Denny Dadunov going to fucking Seattle hashtag soon because that's so happening. <laughs> Oh, so no Philip Grubauer is going to Vegas. No. <laughs> no, it'll definitely be hashtag whatever I tell you in this trade in about 20 minutes. What, what's, the, what's the sim on that one? Sim whatever Mark Giordano's number is. Five. <laughs> okay, so my phone finally loaded. Uh, Western Conference right now, if the playoffs started, it would be Colorado versus uh, Dallas in the first round, which would be interesting. Be uh, Calgary, v- Calgary versus Nashville, St. Louis versus Minnesota, and then LA versus Vegas. That was some good first fun. round matchups. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. rematches, honestly. I didn't realize LA was in the like, playoffs. Like, I, I think Ray- Wait, oh, what? yeah, LA's having a. Uh, oh, oh, I was going to say, um, we were talking good here. Yeah, I knew they were doing well. Oh, I just yeah. How well they were doing, I guess. I thought they're they were the division. I thought they were like just outside of the wild card spot. They, no, they, um, have, they, they have, have a really good run 
in February. Yeah, they, they're they they're three really points ahead of Vegas, and Vegas has a game and like has played more and more game though. It's crazy. Yeah. That- I'm probably just super biased in this opinion, but I just think they also have a really, really, really good goalie tandem. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love I respect that. so much. I respect that. But you know, just throwing that out there. Oh yeah, and LA had a like. I think we talked about it a lot in the uh, in our off season predictions and stuff. LA had a great off season. They kind of tackled every position they needed. Arvidsson and Deneau have been fantastic pickups for them. Yeah, that, that line. God, love dunking on the Leafs. Trevor Moore is like a fifty point player right now. Like, is he actually? Go so look up Trevor Moore right now. I'm so serious. I am doing that right points. now. He has thirty three points in like fifty games. He is at. He, He's on that line with Denoa and Arvidsson, and they're having a fantastic season. Adrian Kempe is on like a 35 goal pace, which is nuts. No uh, way. Andre Kopitar is doing Andre Kopitar things. Wow. Drew Doughty's not sucking. Justin Brown's contributing. Like That is what you want the Blackhawks to be in five years. The, yes. the LA Kings are the blueprint. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Keep, keep your stars. Keep your two big stars, which in their case it was Kopitar and Doughty. In our case it would be Taves and Kane. I don't think Taves is going to make as much as Kane, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Build around the young core you have and just keep drafting and keep bringing all these prospects in. That's all you have to do. Yeah, draft and, skill, exactly what LA is. And when a trade comes along, like a Jake Muzzin trade, let's say, you make it. Yeah. Like, if Brandon H- if there's a really good trade for Brandon Hagel, you probably make it. That's just the way it is. But you have to they, make those tough decisions because they, they got rid of guys like Pearson and Toffoli when it wasn't really right. liked. So... It'll be it'll definitely be interesting. But I hundred percent agree. They need to take the LA, LA route. My only fear like with the Hawks, at least with like Taze, is like he retires sooner just because like his the concussion and like injury history and just it's not good and like you kinda I feel like gotta prioritize yourself. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, 30 is like old for hockey, but like real life, that's still really young. And it's like you kind of got to look at your whole life ahead of you still, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. It's like the Andrew Shaw thing. You don't want to take one more bad bump to the head, and it's it's all downhill from there. Like, he's got so much more to live. He's got a family, man. Like, obviously, you train your whole life for hockey, but like, you, like, most players retire when they're like, what? 35, like you still yeah. probably got another he's done every or so he's year. Done. Yeah, like two cups, two cups, a selkie, a gold, two gold medals. Mm-hmm. He's got a world junior. He's oh, I think it's three, three cups, cups, three cups. Yeah, yeah. he's done basically everything you can do. Yeah, he's one. Nah, Pierce already blocked out 2010. That's why he's said two cups. Yeah, no, you know what? No, that's right. I was thinking <laughs> ahead and I didn't, I didn't even know it. I was ahead of my own self, but um. Like I agree with you, Reagan. If you were like, I I do think he probably retires earlier. But part of me is just like he's such a competitor, and he right. works so hard to come back this off season, mm-hmm. and he worked hard to come back from this concussion. And I'm gonna be honest, he's looked really, he's looked pretty good these last five games. He's yeah. getting his legs back, and I, I I like that line with Doc and Hagel. I feel like that really helps him kind of lessen his defensive role. Doc's been really good on the back check in the defensive zone lately, right. in particular. But um. I, I really think having those two key leadership pieces going forward with this young core is just going to help. It's going to help. Oh, so. I, Not only I, that, I, Seth Jones, Alex DeBrink, it's like, it. like they're going to have guys to build around. And exactly. Like LA, you look Kopitar, yeah. Brown, Dowdy. Like, they got building blocks. Yeah, like, it's not just, Arizona just got, where it's scorched fucking earth. Exactly. Like, like 
like you, you can't. We we talked about this. You can't go scorched earth. Like look at Buffalo. Like they did that already, and look how well that went over for them. And if and, you and if you win the lottery, you could be Edmonton. Who has you could be you could be the Rangers, man. Like they got first and second overall. Like I think Lafreniere and Kako are gonna be fine. But you look at a team like Detroit. You're like, yeah, they didn't pick first overall, but they got Mort Sider at sixth, Lucas Raymond at fourth. You yeah. can build a team, and like same with LA. Like I think other than Byfield, like. Most of the guys that got are like outside the top five, top ten. So my biggest fear is when the Hawks will try to like build around Hayes and Canning and try to like build from that core instead of like kind of like trying to build a new core or at least go from like the young guys and just kind of use Canning and Hayes as that leadership. If that makes sense, I didn't know the best way to word that. Oh yeah, they got they got it. They they got to be like. Well, in the case of Taze, like he, he's got to be like a third line shutdown center, and yeah. I still think King can be like a top six guy, but yeah. he shouldn't be like the guy. Like, hopefully, right. you've drafted. Like, obviously, I wouldn't want to lose Kane or Taze, but I don't want the Hawks to build around them. Yeah, just use them as those like key leadership pieces, and then kind of start building around like DeBrincat and Strom and Doc mm-hmm. and Hagel, and just build from the young guys where we can actually go somewhere from that. Oh, yeah, I I agree with that 100%. Obviously, the key building blocks right now are to break it, Doc and Jones, I would say. Yeah. 100%, those are the key building but blocks. But Doc doesn't get enough points, so he's not good, he's a bust. I, I honestly put Dylan Strom in there, too, with the way he's playing. He's put he's taken such tremendous strides. He's in, that class, yeah. he's in that class with Hagel now. Like, you don't trade him unless you just get your socks blown off. Hey, and listen, he kind of heard me on the podcast a week ago when I was like, he needs to stop getting empty calorie points, and then he literally started scoring. And all no, he, yeah, he did, he did the exact opposite of that. <laughs> so now like, I can't say anything, so he's – and I really hope he goes or Kirby Doc goes to the Dylan Strom school learning how to take base offs because if Doc can have that progression in the dot, that's gonna like because he already does all the stuff that a center should do. Like Pierce, you've you mentioned it a bunch of times. He has taken such huge steps in his defensive game this year. It it, it has to be mentioned. But no, um, that, that's the thing. Like everyone looks at like stats you can find on NHL.com. Whole case points are up there. Yeah, you would obviously like to see him get more points. I think he, him and he himself would do it. Like, he freaking, he's 21 years old, man. He deleted his social media because y'all are calling him busting a crappy player, even though, and another thing, face-offs. Like, you, you can go at NHL.com and look that up and see, okay, it's not great, but you just watch him, man. Like, like that Edmonton game, he was keeping step for step with Connor McDavid, the Second, maybe the second best player in hockey now, but uh, that's, a, that's a different discussion. You should tell him how much trust King has in him. He put him on Braden Point Nikita Kucherov on Sunday. Right. Like, that's a tough weekend for a player to have. Like, he went from McDavid to, I think he was on the Giroux line on Saturday, and then he yeah. went to the Point line. Point is, he's playing against the best players in the NHL. Yeah, and the analytics are going to show that. Like, I think it shows, like, uh, at least with, like, Jay Fresh's, like, Stat card. They show like the percentage of competition they play, and Docs is in the like in the higher. Is it in the nineties? I want to like, say it's 80s, in the nineties. Yeah. Yes, like he is playing against super tough competition. As a yeah, and I'm pretty and sure it's like even strength defensive. It's like in the like the fifties and sixties. I think it's working up there. It's and either I, like... I'd love to see it under King, like just under King, because mm-hmm. he has been way better defensively under King, and. Like that's the like I that's the part where I kind of agree with you what you were talking about a couple shows ago about maybe bringing King back because he is getting to these players in certain ways for sure, but um 
I just need to see a little more. Maybe maybe add a little more around the coaching staff. Obviously, he probably isn't. Yeah, you gotta let you gotta let Derek King choose his guys because I feel like Mark Crawford's been doing most of the behind the Steve stuff, like pulling the. Well, Mark Crawford fixed the defense. At the, mm-hmm. the our five on five defense is all Mark Crawford. That's him. So. Yeah. It's not perfect, but compared to what it was under Carlton, like it's a million times. What, what was the comparison you made when we first got King? It was like uh, when he took when Crawford took over the head coaching job in Ottawa. They had like super similar goals against metrics or something. Because Crawford, oh God, I can't remember. <laughs> well, I, I I remember this, but Mark Crawford when he took over in Ottawa he had very similar goals against metrics to what he has with the Hawks right now. So this doesn't surprise me one bit what he's kind of done, but. I, I just want to see more growth. Like like you said, wins and losses don't matter. It's all about growth. Yeah, development, all that. And going back to Kirby Doc, like calling him a bust, here's the thing. Name me a bust, and I'll tell you why he didn't work out in the NHL, and this is why Kirby Doc will work out in the NHL. Like literally name a player that was supposed to be good but that didn't work out. Pavel Zaka. Okay. Um, he's actually start, he's starting to do better, but like – I'm I'm thinking like Neil Yakupov. Why was Neil no, Yakupov? I know, out you, of the I know. yeah, I'm yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm you. I'm um, you. <laughs> your your spring your gender. I'm just rustling your jimmies. R- rustling your jimmies, but um, the reason why players like Neil Yakupov, hell, even Jonathan Drouin, who I know has gone through a lot, like these players that went super high, lots lots of skill. The reason why they never worked out is. Because they didn't know how to play defense. When they had, when they did not have the puck on the st- their stick, they could not do anything else. Yeah. I the hell, look at Dominic Kubalik. When he doesn't have the puck on his stick, when he's not shooting, when he's not confident. He's either hitting someone or out of position. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and it but, sucks, too, because when Kubalik's on, he's on. But he mm-hmm. has been off for the entire season. Yeah. <laughs> And great timing too with the trade deadline. <laughs> great timing. Oh man! So <laughs> hey, but, but Dylan Strom was stepping it up. But anyways, uh, <sighs> uh, but no, Kirby Doc. The it, it's just, there's just too much to his game where it's like, okay, yeah, he's he's a bust. Like he's 21. Mm-hmm. He has so much freaking offensive talent. Not offensive, like like remember that. Him just like like breaking Jonas Brodin's ankles and then that rush against Anaheim where he did like the spin around between like there's so much skill there. He played the first defense. game of the season. He had like three breakaways against Colorado, and that was like you could tell if he even hits one of those breakaways, I bet his confidence takes off. It's just yeah. it's puck luck. Like I mean, we haven't recorded since Sunday. He got robbed by Vasilevsky. Yeah. Like, literally robbed with the mm-hmm. paddle. Like, if that's any other goal in the league, he scores on that. <laughs> literally, like, right. he's just that terrible puck luck. And even when we're talking about this, he's on pace to break his uh, total that he had in his rookie year, which would be a career high. I'm not going to even call it a career high because he can do better. I think he would even say he's going to do better than what he's done this year. But, like, he's showing signs of progression. Like, we need to just take it easy on him. And it's not like he's getting top power play time either. He has not gotten top power play time all year, which is crazy to me because – I don't know. Like obviously, probably an extra few points right there if he does. That's probably an extra four or five points, literally. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I I don't know, man. And it really doesn't help his case that Trevor Zegers is doing what he's doing right now. I know. It does not help his case. You can't. You can't. Maureen Snyder going off and all this stuff. It's like, guys, 
Uh, I like. I promise you, if Doc spent a year in Saskatoon instead of being no, they, why are you getting yeah, why are you getting mad at Kirby Doc for this? Like, like this is on Stan Bowman. Like, fucking, he doesn't break his wrist last year. He's probably fine. Come on, like. Exactly. Even when they rushed him back, like, at least let him play in Rockford. Like, this is all imagine, man. Like, he's – it's not been easy for him. And that was the problem, too, when they drafted him because I remember that was the big talking point. It was like, okay, well, we can't put Doc in the minors as an 18-year-old because he could only go to the WHL or the NHL. So they chose the NHL. And obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but that was not the decision you should have made. No, they I feel like even back bo- I feel like even the management would have said that at the time. You shouldn't have rushed these 19 to 20-year-olds. As it wasn't like he was spectacular in his draft year either. Like the big yeah. thing was is just he had, his, a, he, had a huge, he had a huge scoreless drought in his draft year, which was right. the reason he only had like seventy points in sixty games. Which isn't horrible, but like when you're going top for, three, you like it should be like uh, you should probably be like ninety. Yeah. But um. But again, points aren't everything, man. Like this guy plays friggin' defense. How he's many developed. Years? He's developed differently than we thought he was. We can uh, we can clearly say that. Like he he's taken a different development route, and I honestly would prefer that he probably takes this one. I'd rather be having more sound defensively, and the offense comes later. And we've talked about it before. Look at these guys around the league. Like Jonathan Huberto wasn't great when he was twenty one. Like no. people don't realize that Al- Alexander Barkov wasn't great when he was twenty one. Like Sean Couturier wasn't great when he was twenty one. Give him time. Help. Look, Give him time. look at look at our own freaking backyard. Nick Schmoltz took some time. And look what he's doing. Schmoltz you 22 want to before he broke out, and then when Nick, he did, they traded him. Yeah, Nick Schmoltz is like pretty much like a mini version of Kirby Doc. Like the same. Oh, I said that immediately when they drafted him. I was like, this dude is a six four Nick Schmoltz. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you he look can at the just same, find that confidence. Man, it's you can gonna... look at like you can look at his goals and say, "Oh, he doesn't score." You can look at the faceoffs and say, "Oh, he doesn't score." But like he's so good with the puck, I, I still think Kirby Doc. He almost scored the night, and he yeah. got an assist tonight too. Yeah, Kirby Doc, I think is better defensively, and I think Nick Schmoltz definitely has more like create like better offensive skills. But like you, you get the point. Like the the the, the thing there is like, oh, he doesn't shoot. Oh, he doesn't win faceoffs. Blah 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 blah. Like who's how many times do you see Doc get knocked off a puck on the wall? That's the thing you, that people don't talk about. Like, how many times have you seen Doc lose a board battle in the offensive zone? That rarely happens. Unless he, like, loses his balance, Doc's a horse on the puck. Like, oh, man. Like, it, I remember, like, last year when we were playing Detroit, like, the Detroit announcer said it perfectly. And you're like, he's got all the hockey IQ. He just needs to finish his chances. And then when he does, it's going to be. That's the hugest thing. Like, if he get if he, like, I – Here's the this thing. Like, I think he can be a 50, 60 point guy. I don't know if he'll be, ever be more than a 20 goal scorer, but if he can be like a guy that gets 15 between 15, 15 35 and is what I always think. Yeah, exactly. 15, 35. And I, that's, listen, if he and Strom are each 15, 35 guys or 15, 30 guys, like, you can work with that. That's something you can work with going forward. Obviously, you want a number one center eventually, but. I mean, shit, look at what St. Louis did. I wouldn't – I mean, I you probably argue O'Reilly was the number one in 2019 and then won. Yeah, but, but like, he's like, not – he's not Crosby or anything like yeah, that. Like, elite, like, like the best of the best, like, you know. He's not even Nicholas Backstrom or something, which congratulations to him on getting a 1,000 point. 1,000 point? That's crazy. Yeah. He, he had a – so he got his 999th on a goal, like spinorama goal, basically. <laughs> and then he got the 1,000 point on one of the Oshie goals. I don't, I don't – I think it was the first one, not the second one. But um, 
Yeah, good for him. Like he's got, such he's an got underrated a, player. I was gonna say he's gotta be like the most underrated player of the past like 10, 15 years. Of now. Kane's generation for sure. Of the Crosby yeah. and generation, he's the most underrated, bar none. Like I think Malkin too. I think people forget how fucking good Malkin is at times. Oh, like, look at his twenty eleven twelve season when Crosby though. Like I think Jay Fresh goes to the park. Uh, like a card. Like it, like everything was in except for his defense was like everything was in the nineties. Don't need to play defense when you're scoring like that. That's yeah. what I always say. Oh man, fun times. But if you can get Kirby Doc to be like Jordan Stahl. Is it really that bad? Like, again, third overall pick. You want something probably than that, but like, it's hard to look yeah, at yeah. like Trevor Zegers. Everyone's like, oh, Moritz Sider. Like, who thought Moritz Sider should go at number six, let alone like top 10, 10 top 15? Only Steve Eiserman knew that. Everyone had question marks in that pick when it happened. Like, mm-hmm. I won't hear it. Bowen Byron was a class above everyone from what we were told going yes. into that draft. Like, a huge class above everyone. I remember people saying Bowen Byron was a number one defenseman. Like, guarantee number one defenseman yeah. that year. Which is why, like, I feel like a lot of Hawks fans made such a big deal about them taking Doc. I don't think he's a top-pairing guy. I don't know if he's a number one. I think Mort Sider's going to be a number one guy. Sider's development's taking a completely different curve. That's just, like, what he's done in the SHL before and what he's doing now. Like, he's Mike Alder winner, in my opinion. I don't know about y'all. But... Oh, if – no, Michael Bunting. Oh, no, Michael Bunting with his five-on-five points playing with Matthews. He's so good. Oh, those secondary assists are adding up. Jesus, I can't stand the Leafs. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah. I agree with that one. <laughs> Enough about that. But, it, 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 yeah, I guess on the closing note, the 2019 draft class is super deep, and not everyone's going to develop like a Jack Hughes or a Murray Sider or a Trevor Zeke. Hell, even Matt Boldy is doing well, and, like, Cole Caulfield is finding his game, but... Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield. But then there's, for every player like that, like Bowen Byram... Again, like he's been great when he's played, but he's had injury issues. Like Alex Turcott has not been great. Yeah, like I'm trying to think who else has gone. Like Dylan Cousins has kind of been Capo Caco. Yeah. Capo, yeah. oh man, Capo, like literally right don't. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like different development curves. Dylan yeah, Cousins has been pretty good, I'd say, from that. Yeah, he's been, I think he's been a little above average. Not amazing, but like. I don't think he's bad. Oh, so no, on, a ball, on a bad Buffalo team, that's pretty good. Philip Roberg has been, uh, from what I've heard, has actually been all right. I mean, so much is surprising because I, I still, to that draft day, I still think they should have taken Seagrass. Like, could you imagine? Yeah. For sure. But it's just, I think, I guess it, it depends what you value in a center. Like, I think a center should be someone who plays defense first. But like, that's... And but but, but people see people see Trevor Zegers and C points and yeah that's he's better. Yeah. Oh, but he did a lacrosse move. <laughs> um, it's funny because we made like we were gonna do a podcast on this and like it was basically like we did this last year I think kind of the same like it was like ten like a week and a half before the trade deadline we kind of did like mock drafts and stuff so or not mock drafts mock trades um so. I think, Schmitty, did you do three? I know Reagan yeah, did one, three. but I, I did three. Um, so we're, we're going to go through them. It's already been an hour if we've been doing this. but uh, I don't uh, think our uh, viewers mind. From what, I, from, from what I've heard from my hashtag sources, they like the longer show. That's, that's, so. that's, that's, that's the scuttlebutt that's going around? That's the scuttlebutt from what I've heard from our fans. I'm not going to lie. I've always like, like listening to you guys when I was like getting work done on my internship, just like sitting at my desk, like, because sometimes if I listen to music, I get too, like, sidetracked. I'm like, this is, like, a great thing to listen to. Podcasts uh, is slightly I like longer ones, but... Oh, yeah. 
Like I, I listen, like when I, when I deliver, I love listening to podcasts. I just think yeah. they would make the time go by so much faster. Right. I, that's what I do when I work out most of the time. I just listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Gotta hear what the CJS shows gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's like, always nice for me to listen to podcasts. Like when I like don't know what kind of music I want to listen to, and I was like, I'm not, none of these songs I want to listen to right now. So I'll just put a podcast on. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like song, perspective. That, like that's a song. Like you'll you hear you'll hear a song that you like, and it's like, oh, that's a good song. And then the next song is like, oh, I don't like that one. I don't like that one either. And then you're just yeah. like going through like a bunch of songs. At least with a podcast, like not in the mood to listen to it. So you're just like. Mm-hmm skipping every song until you find when you're in the mood to listen to yeah exactly and then like with a podcast it's like okay i can put the song it'd be like maybe an hour give or take a few minutes or whatever and i can do whatever i need to do anyways um shmini do you want to do you want to go first with your your mock trade and then i'll go and then all right reagan you can you can rate your trades i guess because uh you you have one my bad. Which I'm not gonna blame you for because you have other stuff going on. But I had a really hectic day, so I only have yeah. one. But it, <laughs> it, 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 it's not none. Anyways, <laughs> well, who's going first? Oh, you can go. Yeah. Anyone? I don't care. Okay. Uh, all right. So, do y'all want crazy? Do y'all want non-existent, or do you want realistic? Uh, let's like go from like let like again rector scale. Let's go from low like little bumps, okay. and then we'll go up to high where like the country gets destroyed. But, okay, yeah. I've been, I'm gonna start with this one then because I think this this trades this trades had the writing on the wall for a while. I think Washington has really needed depth scoring. I I think that's a real problem for them right now, especially with the amount of injuries that they've had lately. Like they really can't risk another Backstrom injury or something. That Verona trade is looking worse and worse. By hey, Mantha looks Mantha's healthy now. That's one thing. Mantha's been hurt. You got to remember that. So that is true. So is Verona though. But it's just it's hard to think like if they had like that for like I don't know. Oh, I I agree. But if I'm but if I'm Washington and I'm looking right now at what basically I'd be facing in round one, I got to load up up front because you. Washington can't go line for line with like a Carolina or a Florida or a Tampa. So I think Ricard Raquel is going to get traded at half for Tang to Washington. I want to say Michael Kempney is going to go the other way for salary reasons. He's making 2.5 mil. I was looking into this because Washington's right up against. Oh yeah. Washington would play Carolina. Yeah, exactly. They need more firepower. And I think Raquel slots right in on that second line. You can knock Wilson down to the third line. It gives him so much more depth. Hey, um, play him with his uh, Swedish uh, countryman, Nick Baxter. Baxter Nicky, Nicky B. Oh, man. But, um, and then, like, it doesn't put as much pressure on, like, a guy like McMichael come to playoffs and stuff. Like, it, it gives him so Michael. And I think, I think the return on that would be, like, Kempney. And I, I was looking at their prospects. I don't think they would want a prospect. I think they want picks. I know Washington fans won't be happy about this, but I would think it'd have to be a first-round pick this year, especially with the salary going back and them having to take Kempney in a cap consideration. But I think if Washington really wants to go for it, and they and I think they have to because they're kind of locked in right now. You have to mm-hmm. at least not roll over and die. Bro. You got you got to try. So I, I say Raquel half retained for Kempney in a first. That's my first one. I, I think I think Washington's going to go and get secondary scoring in, in this uh, trade. Not bad, not bad. Um, I guess I'll give my first trade here. Um, I'm just going to go smallest to largest uh, in terms of impact. So my first trade here is between Anaheim and Colorado. So uh, just like you, my first trade involves Anaheim, and it's Anaheim selling 
Um, a name that's been brought up recently, I believe I saw in 32 Thoughts, Maxime Comtois. Um, I think that would be a good piece for Colorado. He's very young. I think he's 23. He has, I, th- I think he just makes a little over $2 million. He's signed for this year and next year. So that's cheap for Colorado. They need that kind of stuff. A young player that can produce and he's proven he can produce before, but he's just kind of been struggling this year. So I think they are going to acquire him and put them in their top. I don't know if he'll get top six minutes, but like that, that's a guy, that's a perfect guy that you can put on your third line and him being like a, a shit disturber and a pain in the ass. So, um, and Anaheim would acquire Justin Barron, who was a first round pick in 2020 as a right hand shot defenseman. Hey, you can never have enough of those. And then Shane Bowers, who I believe another former first round pick in 2017, I believe he went one pick before Henry Okiaru. Um, he's been struggling at the AHL level. Has him, I think he only has like six points in 27 games. So maybe a fresh change of uh, a new a new scene. Oh God, I cannot talk. It's it's too late. Change of, change of scenery. Yes, that's what I wanted to say. So that's my how first many, trade between Anaheim and Colorado. How many points does Comtois have this year? I I'm I kind of curious. I gotta check that. I know he hasn't. It has not been good for him because I know he's been struggling, which is why he's on the the reporting that uh, he's on the treating block. But uh, yeah, eight points in thirty three games. Okay, it's even worse yeah. than I thought it was. Yeah, I was going to be like, um, that's, just, that's the kind of guy Colorado picks up and just immediately goes off with. Like, he'll just immediately go on, like, a 60-point pace. He'll be their next Kadri when Kadri leaves in free agency. Yeah, exactly. He'll <sighs> be great. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so since Reagan has one, what we'll do is we'll go over our trades once, and then we'll let Reagan go through her, for her one tra- trade. The Wait till so, I go. You guys want to go again, and then. Oh, uh, so yeah. So me and Schmidty when I would go again, and then you go after. Okay, that's what I thought. That's also what I was going to suggest anyway. So I just. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. So for this one, I, I'm kind of going off of, uh, just what I've like. I, okay, so we talked about this one on the podcast, right? I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go for my crazy one. We, I've talked about this on the show. I think there's a world where there's a Klingberg for Giordano trade. And it works. Oh, yeah, and now right. that Klingberg and now that Hastings on IR, there's a world where this really works. And I and I'm looking at this trade right now. It's a signing trade. Klingberg's going to Seattle. Signs an eight times eight point five as soon as he gets there. They get their puck moving defenseman. That's their guy. They trade Mark Giordano the other way, half retained. They trade Callie Yarncrook the other way, half retained as well. So Burn Dallas gets that depth there. scoring. And then on top of that, they get a 2023 second and a 2022 third. I I think you got to sell. It's not even selling. It's adding. You're adding for the future. If you get a – obviously, John Klingberg is, I think, 28 or 29. But that, they need a puck mover desperately in the Rocky Mountain defense. As we <laughs> the Rocky Mountain defense. They need a puck mover. And I think Dallas still wants to compete. You get a guy like Giordano on a rental, and you're getting picks in return. So you're not losing Klingberg for nothing because it's a sign and trade. You can't just like I, – I imagine if Klingberg extends somewhere, they're going to get more. So that's why I came with that thought process, and Seattle's really a prospect, so picks is probably where they go for that. And then Yarncroke is a good depth piece because, I mean, who can't use another 10, 15 goals? I was going to say another Finn, but he's Swedish. Another another European on the roster. Yeah, they all play the same anyways. Those weak Swedes and oh, yeah. Finns. But that that that's my that, that's like my crazy trade. I think there's a world where Klingberg doesn't sign a trade with Seattle. 
Okay, so I'll, I'll go to my trade, and then after we'll do uh, Reagan's trade. Um, so this trade involves the Arizona Coyotes and the Boston Bruins. So the Arizona would acquire John Moore, Fabian LaSalle, who was a 2021 first-round pick, a 2022 first-round pick in exchange for Jacob Say Chicken. It. Yep, yeah. it is. Because <laughs> whenever I think of a team that makes the big splash at the trade deadline, like Boston instantly comes to mind. It's like Boston, Vegas, Tampa Bay. Those are the teams that always come to mind for me. And I think more like out of Tampa, Vegas, and Boston, more Boston more than any team needs uh, a really like an elite defenseman. And that's what, what Chikrin is. He has after this season, he'll have three years at 4.6, which is a fucking steal for them. You don't even have to put him with McAvoy because Grizzlick and McAvoy are one of the put best arms you, you can put. Exactly. Yeah. And like, that just gives you so much better top four. I think if the playoffs start today, they do face uh, Florida. So it's not going to be easy. They're going to have to also add, they're also going to have to add more scoring depth, I think. But uh, like oh, a yeah. uh, chicken would just be a perfect fit there. Oh yeah. I was this close to doing a Lindholm to Boston trade. Like I was looking at it. Yeah. Was, that's what I was, that's what I was kind of thinking too. And I, Boston's going to get someone we're always going to be like, yep, of course they did. Cause they it's could, Boston. Yeah. Like they're, they <laughs> could, they could get hurdle as well. Like there's so many. Options that they could do. Enough, my trade does have to deal with Boston, but it's probably not like a huge trade, but okay, let's, let's make it. Boston better. Cause clearly they need help. Yeah. So I said Jake DeBrusque to Columbus for either Roslovic and or Domi. I mean, like, I know it's like they, like, DeBrusque said, like, forever ago he wants out, and he's, like, requested a trade probably a couple times now at this point. Don't really know why I said Roslovic or Domi. Just kind of felt no, right. I like that. I, yeah. Domi in Boston is, like, a perfect match in that yeah. I feel like. Boston would love Domi. Oh, my gosh. Oh, definitely. He so, plus, it gets DeBrusque out because he wants out. I don't know if he'd want to go to Columbus, but I just felt like that would be a good trade, especially for, like, Domi because, like, I don't know. I feel like that's a good fit. So. Oh, I, I like that. That's I didn't even I, think I, about I, I would have thought about that. Oh, I love that idea. Oh my gosh, don't be <laughs> like don't be on a third line with Coyle and Frederick or something. Oh man, that's a problem. Yeah, oh, that's a problem. Oh, yeah, that's the only one I came up with because it was a busy. Oh, day. That's a good one. That's a that's a nice like that one. Trade. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, the rest uh, might just be be like Lani again, very good goal scorer in Columbus. But hey, they got they got Ken Johnson coming. They got they got Ken Johnson coming. with Lani and DeBrusque. What a line! <laughs> and Cole Sillinger. Oh! <laughs> Gotta love him. Oh man. Okay, so uh, we're gonna go on to our final trade committee. And the floor is yours. So I also did a Jacob Chickering trade. Oh, mine yeah? is a little different. Mine I bet was... mine's better. No, oh yeah, bro. <laughs> I'm I'm going to help with division rival. I'm sending him to the St. Louis Blues. Boom. And okay, so this trade, because I looked at St. Louis, right? And I, if I'm St. Louis, I'm not moving anyone in that top nine. I'm not moving anyone in that top nine. That top nine is rolling on all cylinders. They're all on fifty point paces, which I don't think has ever happened before. Or at least in a long time. So I wouldn't move anyone in that top nine. So I'm looking right now, and you get Jacob Chikrin, because the cap's got to work because the Blues are like, I think it's like 100K in cap space. It's really rough. So they're going to have to give up a lot to make this work. But Chikrin retained by like a mil, mil and a half. So they're going to get Chikrin at like three mil, right? Oh my God. 
Oscar Sundquist is going the other way to make the salary work, but still a pretty good player. They're going to get Jake Neighbors, very good prospect. Good Edmonton Oil King. Edmonton Oil Kings, lighting yeah. it up. They're getting a first-round pick this year, and they are getting a conditional second for the next year. That becomes a first if the Blues make the conference final in either year. So that, like, I would think if you're getting Chikrin, let alone Chikrin returned, you give up the sun and the moon. And if I'm St. Louis, the way my forward core stacked up and the way that defense is stacked up, I give up everything I can. To, because if St. Louis is the top nine of like what they have now and a top four fault crew, Pareko and freaking Chitron, like, all right, that's wraps. And then they got Huso and Bennington's like not terrible this year. So mm. I, I just think that's a match made in heaven. And I know St. Louis is fishing for a defenseman. Hopefully they go the Sherratt route. Yeah, I was going to say here. <laughs> but, um, to St. Louis. but I know they're one of the teams that's really in on Chikrin and they do have the prospects to make that trade work. I forgot they have Zachary Bull Duke also. That might be a prospect that might be in play. I would, th- I, I don't know which one they favor more between him or neighbors. I, I did neighbors because he was having a ridiculous year with the oil Kings, but um, I think there's a world. Hopefully Jake thing. neighbors. So he's not playing on gross St. Louis and he goes to a better, and he gets to play Arizona, right? Right. Yeah, he's he's Arizona stage in the yeah. Coliseum of 3,000 hey, seats. Hey, he's going to be playing in front of all these beautiful college women. Oh, hey, God, I want to find his love of that. It sucks too. Cause I know tickets are going to be so expensive at that arena. Oh my yeah. God. But yeah, so Jacob Chickering's gonna be a blue bucket. <laughs> I that makes so much sense. So for you, I, I I hate that. I hate that. That makes too much sense. <laughs> as a Blackhawks fan, it makes me sick to my stomach. But as a yeah. hockey fan, it'd be pretty cool. But as a hockey fan, that's a that's a that's damn, damn good, good that's a trade. damn good roster. That, that, hey, you know what that is? That's a good old fashioned hockey trade, as they say. Oh my god, they <laughs> consider it a hockey trade. <laughs> I saw this thing. It's like Kyle Dubas is considering making a hockey trade. No, what? No, I. Yeah, I that know. hockey trade is going to involve around Dominic Kubelik. <laughs> Woo for for <laughs> Matthew Alexander. One for one <laughs> forward Alexander Kerfoot. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, my last trade oh, yes. involves the Toronto oh, Maple Leafs. <laughs> I mean, how can we make it about the Leafs? And also, always got it, bro. Come on, the Chicago Blackhawks. So. <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs acquire Brandon Hagel and Connor Murphy and the Chicago Blackhawks acquire Nicholas Robertson their very own 2010 second round pick Justin Hall Topi Niemla and a 2022 conditional second round pick that becomes a first round pick if Toronto reaches the conference finals so congrats on your second round pick Chicago I would just love to say that um, once upon a time, Pierce and I made a trade quite similar in a sim league <laughs> with the Blackhawks and Leafs putting Hart Murphy and Hagel going to the Leafs. By the way, side note, my favorite thing with Leafs fans is realizing that Murphy's not signed before their extension because they all just think he's on an expiring contract. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, we'll get him for nothing. And it's just like, no, 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 not don't too watch fast, the Blackhawks yeah. at all. Dude, Murphy would be perfect for the Leafs, though. Like, yeah. Perfect. And that's the way you get a first-round pick or a top prospect. But I wouldn't do it. But, man, that's the way you do it. That's He could get you a haul. Yeah. But hey, hey, Justin Hall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes! Fun fact, he played for the Indy Fuel at a point in time. Yep. <laughs> I love the Indy Fuel. That is true. 
But how could we make it about the indie fuel? I just kind of said it because I'm also wearing my fuel hat that I bought last game. So. Oh, I didn't even notice that. So <laughs> yeah. there we go. It was um, a racing theme night, and I was trying to go with the theme. And one of my friends gave me an extra, like, like mechanic kind of type suit. And I was like, I need a hat to go with this. So I bought a hat, and here we are. <laughs> uh, I must say, that is quite a dapper hat. Mm. All right, so that's it for the trains. Um, I remember last time we did with Jimmy, I did this. It was just me and Jimmy, and uh, a trade broke out. It was the Vinnie Hinnestrosa trade when they traded, like, Brad Morrison for him. I think that's oh, who it was. Wait, when he went back to Chicago? Yeah, like last year. Oh yeah. Well, I forgot. That feels like it was so much. Yeah, no, that that happened a year ago. Yeah, that happened within the last eleven and a half months. So that feels like an eternity ago. Oh my god! I saw the video of Rudy Gobert touching like all the microphones. It's like, oh, that was two years ago today. I'm like, no, that was that was twenty years ago. <laughs> that's insane. Oh my god. Time is a flat circle, and it does it it doesn't exist. Flat circle. <laughs> it's like every time I see a Blackhawk player, like or an old Blackhawk player's age, or like I think it was like Table Terrorbine's 500th game a couple games ago. I was like, well, time's a flat fucking circle. Dude, he's gonna be he's gonna be 28 in like I think September. I think. Dude, I remember when this dude was like 19. What the hell? <laughs> he's still my little scrawny Finnish prince. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from 2015. Yeah, the one hockey yep. jersey I have is a, I think it was 2016 Stadium Series jersey from when the Hawks oh, yeah. in the Wild in Minnesota. That's a Teravina jersey. That's sick. Yeah. I it's my favorite thing ever, and I was devastated when he was traded. Like, and then he got traded. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is awful. And I'm still mad about that trade. Not gonna lie. And that it's trade been, hurts. It's yeah. been what? Seven years now? Still hurts. <laughs> it was 2016, I think, so six years, but either yeah. way. Feels like a decade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the amount of crap they go through. Good thing they got uh who did they give a second and I, I was like, I know they got a second and a third, but I, I can't even remember. I couldn't even tell you who they drafted. They could check Chris at one of those picks. They might have or Archer Kayumov. Or I think Kayumov was one of them, though. One yeah. of them. He yeah, was, I, for sure. I, I, knew, I, I know one of them was a Russian player. I know that for sure. Because I know. Because Artem Bukin or whatever. I, I just butchered his name more. But you know who I'm talking about. I'm pretty sure he was like a fourth or fifth round pick. Oh, Artem Barmakyan. I think yes, that's how you say that. It. Yeah. That. That thing to say, that tongue twister. Yeah. Every time I'm playing franchise mode, I'm just like, that's a name. <laughs> <laughs> that Yeah, that's an auto-generated guy that you draft. It's like, no, he's real. Time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's like my favorite game to play when you're playing franchise mode and you're looking at all the draft classes and you're just like, okay, which one of these players is actually real? <laughs> Let's just take a game. My favorite one is like when European players have the same names as uh, uh, current players right now. I saw – a guy from Russia and his name was Artem Onisimov. And it was I like the that. twenty it was like the twenty twenty eight draft or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I drafted an Andre Markov one time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, my fair one, there is a Vesa Toskala and guess what? He was a goalie. Yes. Speaking <laughs> of Vesa Toskala. Oh my god. Nindelkovic, what are you doing? Oh my god, I can't I wanted to bring that up. I was like, I wanted to bring that up right as I wanted to bring that up right as as Mirazik let in those. What? 
oh my like a dumping and then he like swats it in it was you know i don't know if you guys remember this but i remember yaroslav halak had like a like a puck like a puck like bouncing in front of him and then he just like pop, baseball bat like swatted it into the net that's what it reminded me of kind of i just like i've never seen something like that the puck was literally already going behind the net what what was the point of trying to like <laughs> behind the net why do you go down and try to like push it sideways and i'm just like, what are you doing? Literally, my thought process exactly. I was just like, what What was his thought process with swatting the puck? Like, what did he think was going to happen? Because even if he does swat it, right, and it doesn't go viable, it's going right to the high slot. Or someone's going to find the puck open. Like, what Like, the puck was literally going to go, like, behind the net. It went wide. And then he just said, let me just swat this into my own net. Oh man, I feel bad for Ned because he's had a tough year, but like, yeah. oh yeah, he's not doing himself any favors right now. That's for sure. How much uh, does Carolina look like fucking geniuses now for trading Nadelkovich and getting Anders Sanderson? Because and I was Ranta, like, yeah, and Ranta, you got, I think you got a show up tonight. Good for Ranta, man. I love seeing Ranta Ranta do well. Oh, and Johnny Gaudreau got a hat trick win and a hat trick in the Flames win over Tampa Bay. Dude, Calgary, they're legit. I think. Daryl Sutter. Mm-hmm. It's a Daryl Sutter effect. Hey, when you buy into the Daryl Sutter effect, it works. We've learned that many times. Look at Akita Zadorov and uh, Erica Branson. That shouldn't work, and it does. It makes me sick. <laughs> I can't stand <laughs> The Red Wings lost 6-5 in the shootout. So literally, how do you not put the puck in his own net? They probably would have won that game. <laughs> I feel he so bad. I would have won that game had he not done that. And it was I last time I checked that score, they were up four three too. So like, <laughs> man. Yeah, oh, no, they, they lost six times. You soiled it. You soiled it. In the Don't worry, Ned. Sebastian Costa is coming to save your ass soon enough. <laughs> hey, hey, Edmonton Oil King Sebastian Costa. Hey, listen, buddy. They need to go get Jake Davis also. <laughs> yeah, that dude. That Oil Kings team is stacked. stacked. They got hey, they got Luke Prokop. Which I think is the coolest. They have Jalen Lupin, I think that's a Chicago Blackhawks draft pick. They have Dylan Gunter, who is a Arizona Coyotes draft pick. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Like they have so many other guys. Caden Gooley, they have. Like, I forgot Caden Gooley was on the team. Yeah, like they're they're ridiculously stra- stacked. And if they like make a a playoff run, I gotta see one of those games. Oh, dude. It's better than the Oilers. <laughs> I still and laughed that you were like, first hockey game in three years. And then, like, Pierce texts us, like, ten minutes in. And he's like, they're already losing 3-0. Like, to, to Minnesota. Kevin Fiala had, like, two goals, I think. My man, Kevin Fiala. Future fucking Ottawa center, Kevin Fiala. <laughs> that, that, that's, Kevin Fiala might be one of the most intriguing stories going into the offseason. Because they're going to move him, right? They can't like, they sign him. To. Because yeah. don't they have those cap hits? They next room. year? Or Minnesota? like, who are they going to move? Because everyone's yeah. locked up on term, it looks like. Like, they better count their blessings Ryan Hartman's on an RFA this offseason. <laughs> God, he'd ask for the sun and the moon. I was looking at his stats again. Holy crap, he's having a fantastic season. He's had a hell of a year. I, who would have thought five years ago you would have told us Hawks fans that this dude could play number one center roles with, like, I wouldn't have believed it. With Karel Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello is like way over point per yeah. game. Oh, yeah, 100%. But, like, I mean, we he played on the line with Kane and Schmaltz for a long time and looked okay, but, like, nothing like this. Like, right. Like, I loved Ryan Hartman, and I was 
sad when he traded him, but like with the return the Hawks got, I'm like okay, you, you make that trade that. like a hundred times. Out. Are you kidding? Like it was knowing what they knew at the time, and it's right. not like it's Chicago that game up. It was what Philadelphia. It was Nashville, Philadelphia, and Dallas. Yeah. Like, and you want to know how much of a crapshoot the draft is? The fourth round picks turn out better than the first round pick in that return. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Love you, Phil Kershev. <laughs> what a guy! If you could, if you could sum up and uh, how the NHL works in a trade, it would probably be that. Pretty much, yeah. Honestly, trade a first round pick. Guy's not even on the team anymore. Like Reagan said, he went to like four different teams. Which yeah, because he went to Nashville at that deadline. It was a trade deadline trade, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I think the next deadline he went to Philly, Philly. and then the off season he went to Dallas, and then Dallas like flipped him immediately to Minnesota. Remember, he was like away from his. Yeah, that's what I was gonna bring up. Mom and got traded twice in like the same day. Oh my gosh! I mean, I'm so glad he's found a home. Like, holy yeah, God. that's the biggest thing. He he was all over the place for like two or three years, and good for him, man. Like, yeah, it just sucks watching all these former Hawks do well. It's like, man, we only have like all these guys on the team right now. Probably be pretty decent. <laughs> like, imagine if, like, Hartman played the way he did, but still in Chicago. Tara Biden, still in Chicago. Schmalz, still in Chicago. Panarin. Panarin. Uh, Panarin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, my favorite's literally, like, when they show Panarin's stats coming into the league, and it's like, look at the top five scores, And then it's, like, Kane's third, and he's fifth. And I'm just like, I really, really despise you, Stan Bowman. You are not seeing heaven. Like, oh my god! No, gosh. we can oh. definitely confirm that now. <laughs> no one in that front office is seeing heaven. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! That just—it's such ugh, man. Like, I don't like to think about Panarin because it's like I can't watch those highlights anymore. I can't. It—it it, it hurts. Like. I, I don't think we're ever going to see the Hawks offense like that. That's nothing against Kane and Debrink because they have tremendous chemistry. Like, tremendous chemistry. I, I don't think Kane – I don't think Kane's had a shooter like that his whole career in Alex Debrink right now. Like, no, Patrick Sharp was never like this. Panera never got to this level yet because he was more of a playmaker, which is crazy to think about because he had 30 goals both seasons. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, oh, man, like, it, you're never going to see it, like – what those two had was special. Like it was, like it was Sadin twin esque. Like, like oh, Matthews and Martin. Oh, McDavid, Drysdale. Nothing on Kane and Panera. No, nothing. Two wingers are doing that. I mean, right? maybe, might, maybe Michael Bunting and Austin Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. No, and my favorite right now of Michael Bunting is league fans are like, I didn't hear this with Panera and Kaprizov one. I was like, uh... are you living under a Here's the funniest thing. I was not on Twitter like back in 2016 when like the, the yeah, when the Panarin like debate was happening. But the thing is, I had friends and we debated over it. I can not oh, like that was like that. That's us talking amongst ourselves. Like I can't even imagine what it was on Twitter. Dude, it was so, like, I remember, this was back when I was a jerk on Twitter. This is when the Hawks were good, so, like, I used to be a little bad. Oh, if I was on Twitter, I'd be Oh, I literally did be, like, I like I dropped a three cups meme all the yeah, time. Yeah, I would and be they, a fucking asshole. Oh, and, they, and then they were like, well, I saw Gretzky, and, like, I was like, you know what's great about Gretzky? The Hawks still have more cups than the Oilers, and that's with Gretzky. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I literally used to be like that all the time at Oilers fans back in the day, and they were like, oh, Connor McDavid should have won the Calder, me. And it's like... Maybe Conor McDavid shouldn't have missed 35 games. Nature goes cobram broke. Which is still crazy because, like, he literally was a point game at an eight, as an 18-year-old. 
my, my, my favorite stat from that is that not only Panarin won first place with the caller voting, guess who was second? Shane Goss bear, baby. I was just yeah. about to say it. I was just about to say it. Everyone's... Hey, he was doing very well in Arizona this year. He's doing what he's always been good at, which is being an hey, and going back And going back to the way the beginning of the podcast, Philadelphia like attached him with a second-round pick to get rid of him. To get rid of him. They literally yeah. traded their first, second, and third to get get rid of Gossip Bear and get Ristolainen. What? We we don't talk about That's... this enough. Like it's not okay. It's but, not okay. Dear Stampo traded a top ten pick and an unprotected first round pick for Seth Jones and yeah, yeah. like yeesh. It, man, it is just. Oh, uh, I think if one thing anyone's on this offseason is that buying might not be the answer sometimes. NHL GMs suck. Yeah, totally, bro. <laughs> if it's taught me anything, it's I need to trust my eyes and not the graphs. <laughs> yeah. No more watching the game on the computer, Mr. Scientist. Mr. Mathman. <laughs> Mr. Mathwiz. <laughs> oh, no. Did you guys see the tweet from fucking Bizonette where he was like, hurt? I don't know who he's talking about. He's like, his wingspan's so long, he looks like a pterodactyl. And he <laughs> yeah, I saw that. He the smelling of pterodactyls so bad. Uh, that was, that, that was, was that, I had a chuckle over that one, I'll tell I you I was that. like, this is, a... <laughs> I really just wanted to quote it and be like, the beautiful game. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, I think we should end off on some very awesome news. Um, I feel bad because I don't know how to say her name like properly. Like if you're if you just say it in the most uh like like not French way possible, it's just Yves Gascon. Um but uh so the story behind Yves Gascon is she just got called up to the Gatineau Olympics of the QMJHL. She is a goalie. I don't know if she's gonna get a game played in. I would assume so, but hey, that's awesome. That's, you love That's to see that. You love sweet. to see. You love to see women succeeding. I hope she gets a look, man. That'd be so cool. Man. I'd also love to see hockey Twitter explode when she gets a look. It'd be hilarious. I'd love but to see dear, all their. Dear, we're even playing sports. Man. Man. Misogyny yeah. can't stay down for five seconds. Man. Like, yeah. oh man, it's gonna be hilarious. But like, I genuinely hope she gets an opportunity. That's like, it's so huge for the game because like, I, yeah, there's just not that. You know, obviously, like we're trying to build the NWHL up and stuff, but it's nice to see them play. Like, women should get this opportunity. It's it's incredible, and I, I really that. hope it's not just a publicity stunt. She needs to play. I, I really hope she gets to play. It'd be super cool. And I hope she kicks ass. So that way, get all the misogynists. Thirty safe shutout and shut yeah. these boys up. Jesus, let's go. Come on, I need it. And not only that, like, remember last year, Taya Curry, how she got drafted by the Sarnia Sting? Like, that's another person who could potentially. Hell yeah, dude. Like, I need more of this. Like, this should be happening more. And I'm, it, it's not going to happen overnight, but it's nice to see it slowly start to. Like, what is it? The NHL is the tectonic plates in the earth. They move so fucking slowly. It's like millimeter by millimeter, but something is happening. Did you see someone tweeted? They were like, the NFL the last four days, and it's like all those trades of the quarterbacks and stuff, and like, Little back and stuff, and it's like the NHL over four days. Well, there might be some chatter. Yeah. <laughs> is off the trade board. Ben Sherrod still is gonna get a first and a prospect. Like, <laughs> oh my god, someone said 
I saw when someone co-tweeted the Rasmus just line getting the extension. It's like, could you imagine what the kind of contract Ben Chirot is going to get? And all I could think of is these women having a mid-off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the good old, good, the good old NHL. The things that we value. Terrible NHL defenseman. My blood type. <laughs> it's what keeps me going. <laughs> All right, but yeah, I thought I, I, would th- I thought I would end it off on that. Uh, uh, again, I'm just like Americanizing it, Canadianizing it, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's been almost Here's two hours of this. America, yeah, I'm moving to this. Uh, I'm breaking the news, guys. I'm moving to Montana. Woo! <laughs> no, you're moving to Cincinnati because you're a Bengals fan. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, no, I got I to move to one of the most notable states in the United States, uh, Nebraska. <laughs> That, again, Nebraska yeah, time. that will forever be one of my favorites. Bro really tried to sneak Nebraska in so there. Funny. Anyways, yeah, so that was that was a, that was a lot of fun. I had quite the swell time with you guys. Um, so I'm thinking we record again on Sunday, and then uh, probably a couple times before the trade deadline. It's, hopefully, it's we yeah, yeah. hopefully, we get some more news. Yeah, hopefully, we get some. Gosh darn heckin' news soon. I think it's gonna start heating up, especially with all the injuries that have happened lately. Yeah. Like I know the Kings had a couple injuries too. Like I think I think the phones are gonna start like the fact that Chris Johnson said today that the phones are quiet kind of pisses me off. Like mm. y'all need to put a fire under your like the Eastern Conference, I get it. Their spots are kind of locked, but if I'm in the West, you need to freaking fire those phones up right now. Yeah. Like it's the wild, wild west, and you gotta keep up. <laughs> The wiki wild west, um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do the the, the, the trade deadline stream on March twenty first on that Monday. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Sitting there for six hours when we watch uh, seventh defenseman. Yeah, <laughs> that that was fun. You know what's funny? Like while we're recording this, like I still have like I have like the settings here for like like how like the layout and stuff is and. I'm going like looking through the banners. Like we had a bunch of tickers last year from like the trades that were made, and all like uh, they're still. I'm like I want actually. I want to see if I can look through them right now. I I I can't wait for this deadline because like one of my favorite parts about the last deadline show we did was we got like a live reaction from a fan on the hit the trade. I want to do that again for like a block. And that's the thing. We're not. We're not. I don't think it's going to be a huge trade deadline, but like if we get another trade like that, that would be awesome. Be awesome, man. Yeah. Like because when that broke, it was like forty five minutes of something to talk about, which yeah. is nice. It wasn't just Eric Branson for a second. That was fun to watch. Oh yeah. Okay, so I just want to go through some of Victor Mete claimed by Ottawa, Sammy Vatnin claimed by Dallas. Chicago acquires Adam Gaudet from Vancouver for Matthew Highmore. Chicago acquires a 2021 second rounder and a 2022 third round pick. Where's the Vegas for Yanmark? Is uh, the Madison Valley Sh- trade in there too somewhere? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think it is. Unfortunately, not. <laughs> the biggest trade. How could I have forgotten it? But hey, I got Chicago acquires Josh Dickinson and Ryder Wilson from Colorado for Carl Soderberg. And then Detroit acquires Jakob Vrana, Richard Panic, a 2021 first rounder and a 2022 second rounder from Washington for Anthony Mathis. Richard Panic, man. What a guy. What a fella. I think he's in New York now, like the Islanders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because he was part of the Letty deal. Another former Blackhawk. Yeah, I think he's Bridgeport right now. Is it Bridgeport? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. The, the Islanders minor league. 
I believe it's the Bridgeport sound tech, because that could be wrong. Yes. But yes. Anyways. Yeah, before this drags <laughs> this just drags out too long. Um we're gonna edit it off. Uh Schmitty, Reagan, it was a pleasure doing this with you. I had a lot of fun. And uh hopefully we can get uh Jimmy back on here soon because he's he's missing out. Anyways, uh thank you for tuning in. And peace out. Bye bye.